Uh, so a couple of us went on a cruise last week. And, and here's the thing is that I feel like in this season, we, we, were, we, we had a few days off. Uh, someone was asking me, like, you don't know how to relax, do you? And I'm like, I know how to relax really well. One day. One day. But what happens is the longer it goes on, the more kind of anxiousness, not, not in an anxiety kind of way, but the more I just feel like I need to get back to what God has called me to do. I'm a man that believes in my purpose. I believe that God sent me with an assignment and that to sit on the sidelines is not being who I'm called to be. I, I don't labor for his love. I labor out of love. And when I'm not laboring, I'm not in my lane. And when I'm not in my lane, I just feel, I feel like I'm losing time. There is a sensitivity in my spirit that says time is not to be wasted. It's the most valuable resource you possess in your life. I don't know how to tell you this, but there are other people in life who have more money than you. Some of them have got better looks than you. I know, not, not many. You guys are a good-looking crowd, okay? It's a good-looking church, all right? There are other people that have some advantages that maybe you would like, but here's the truth. Every single one of us get the same 24 hours. Nobody gets less, nobody gets more. Some of you are not awake as many as others, some of you are like, nap would be what I want with my time. <laughs> you know you have adulted. You know that you have reached adulthood. The day you know you're, you are an adult is when nap time sounds like the best thing you've ever heard. Yeah. Just, just want somebody to let me have nap time again. <laughs> they teach you in school, in preschool, right? You have nap time. They train you for nap time and then they take it away. Don't trust the world. <laughs> True story. All right. Pew, that rabbit is dead. Okay. So back on track here. So uh, this last week, I, I felt like I wasn't on mission as long as I wanted to. And about, about day four or so, I start getting kind of antsy. I'm like, oh, I got to do something for Jesus. Like, I got to live out loud. And, you know, we were, we were talking to people, and we prayed for a few people on the boat. That definitely happened. And there was some little interaction. We were just living out our faith naturally. But I'm like, I got to do something big. Something big has to happen. Something has to break here. Um, but... In the middle of that, we kind of had our plans disrupted. Has anybody gone through life, had it perfectly planned? On a cruise, you have everything planned out. We're going to get off the boat here. And we're going to do this thing. Uh, except for us, we're just like, we're just going to get off the boat and wander around and see what kind of trouble we can get into. And it turns out you can get into a whole lot of trouble in a foreign country. We definitely found it. So this morning, I would like to tell you the story of how your pastor... And three of the congregants in this room got a new nickname. Uh, would you like to know what our nickname is? Ay, 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 ay. We are Belizean banditos. We are the beaded, bearded Belizean banditos. Thousands of people on that cruise ship know us as the Belizean banditos. Uh, some of them know us as the Bearded Mafia. Both are acceptable. Amen. This is true. <laughs> this is a true story. I can't make this stuff up, guys. Okay, I promise. I promise. If you've been around me long enough, I do not exaggerate. Everything I say to you will be the honest truth. 
I exaggerate when you know I'm exaggerating. I don't just, I don't say there was 200 people in the room and there's 100 in the room. I don't do that. So what I'm telling you is the truth this morning. Uh, we got off the cruise ship in Belize and we had an incident where we spent many hours uh, with the police with the Belizean police. It's true. Uh, when we uh, managed to get out of that situation and made it back aboard the ship, people started approaching us. If you see the beautiful bearded men in the room right now with their beautiful beards, that comes into it. There's a reason why we are the beaded, bearded Belizean banditos. Amen. Say that five times fast. I've been working on it. Belizean banditos will be fine. Bearded mafia if you must. But as people came up to us on the ship, we had this incident that kind of, it sucked the air out of the day. You ever have, it just, it broke our hearts. We were stressed. It was frustrating. Uh, everyone, pretty much, there was a moment where everyone just said, I don't want to ever go back to Belize again. Amen. Um, we just, I kind of want to go back. But uh, okay, so. So there's this, mo so we, so I'm going to tell you the story, but when we got on the cruise ship, uh, people started coming up to them. I was the only one without beads. I'll explain that as well. Why, why, why he didn't get any beads? Cause the police were already there. That's why I was going to, <laughs> you guys are like, he's setting us up for something. This is a true story. So we get back on the ship and people start approaching us cause they see the beads in their beards and their, first of all, let me just say this, okay? Uh, I've said this a lot and, and there's been some new revelation to my understanding of the differences between men and women through this experience. I've said this before. Uh, ladies, I don't know if you're aware of this, but no uh, straight man has ever walked up to you and said, I love your purse with those shoes. Said no man ever. No man has complimented your purse with your shoes ever okay let's put let's let's say the truth ladies buy purses to impress other ladies okay it's for other ladies they're the only ones that give you compliments you shake your head no no get it for me liar when a woman walks up to you and is like i love your purse you're like oh thank you okay so the truth is is while you get you get purses and get compliments from other women men grow beards to impress other men that's what we do we grow, we're like, thank you. Someone's like, I love your beard. You're like, thanks, screw it myself. <laughs> Homemade. Yeah. Design the hair and everything. Yeah. So we do that. And so it's not usually something that many women compliment. Sometimes more than your purses, we get the, okay, we got the better end of the deal, okay? And so uh, is there ladies that like love beards? Is there any, okay? Is there some that are like, no, thank you. Okay, well, we heard from both of them. <laughs> we heard from both of them. We heard from both of them. But it turns out that if you bedazzle a beard, all of a sudden all the ladies love it. Amen. So, uh, so uh, I'm just going to, like, like, we had to fight the ladies off of big country from touching his beard all week. It was, it was, it was mm. so, but we got back on the ship. Oh, we're going somewhere deep. Don't worry. The humor is to set you up and get you inoculated to what I'm about to slam you with. Okay, so... But we get back on the ship and people come up and they're like, are you guys the Belizean banditos? And we're like, and they said, we heard 
this was the first one. We heard that you guys fled the police in Belize and got back on the ship before they could catch you, and now you are wanted in Belize. Is that you guys? And we said, why, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> Tell us more. <laughs> So about an hour later, another person came up to us and they said, are you the Belizean banditos? Why, yes, yes, we are. We heard that you guys bribed the police to get away and they let you back on the ship. Is that true? It may be. So then it escalated. Uh, some of my help. Um, this is true. Uh, so it escalated to we bribed the police with Starbucks gift cards. Because they had one there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But haha, -ha, joke was on them. We already used the gift cards first. <laughs> it reached all the way around the ship. We're finally the comedian for the ship in the big theater. Uh, points at us on the front row and says, oh, I see the bearded mafias in the room tonight. Uh, he says, uh, you hear about these guys right here? True story. You hear about these guys right here? They got arrested in Belize and they were taken by police escort and forced to get back on the boat and they're never allowed to come to Belize again. And I'm like, oh, this is getting real good. <laughs> yeah, ask him about it afterwards. So we had a line of people going, tell us your story. Tell us the tale of the Belizean banditos. So we... <laughs> There's nowhere you can take me and, and, and big country over there. And now Ryan is a part of that, and Mark is a part of that, although Mark took his beard beads out pretty quickly. Uh, he's an introvert, and too many people were making friends with him. <laughs> he's like, I've peopled all I can people. These are coming out. Um, if you haven't seen his uh, beads. You guys missed that because they still have theirs in. I never got mine. I got a little video here. Maybe they could just play real quick to show you Mark's beads if we have that. Oh. <laughs> We're hardcore. Dangerous. Dangerous. Okay. So here's the story. And I believe it's going to be relevant to affect your life today. I believe it. You guys are like, ha, 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 well, you think I'm just up here to tell a funny story? You didn't come to the Comedy Central location. That's right. All right, let's get into this. You can laugh, and then I'm going to make you cry. It'll be fine. You'll have a lot of emotions. You'll swing up and down, okay? And then we'll eat, and you'll feel all better. So here's what happened. We got off the ship. I'm going to tell you the short version of it. We got off the ship, and we were going to this little restaurant that I knew about in town, and we were walking there, and these ladies um, started yelling out to Big Country, Hey, you with the beard! I'll braid your beard for $5. I'll braid your beard for $5. Let me braid your beard. Big Country's like, well, I mean, I'm on vacation. Why not? Let's do it. So we go over there. We sit down. Uh, Dean is getting his uh, beard braided. They have us sit down, and when they do, some lady walks over to Ryan. I guess it happens to Ryan all the time. I'm told that this is a weekly thing for him, but the lady just walks up and starts taking his shirt off, just pulling his shirt off. Yeah, that happened. That was a real thing. We have pictures, but we're not showing it. Okay, so... <laughs> so <laughs> 
there's pictures of me too. So like, no, no, we're not showing this. All right, so so they start pulling his shirt off, and he's like, what's going on? And she's like, massage, one dollar a minute. And we're like, oh, okay. Well, while we wait for his beard to get, okay, massage, that's fine. But it was very, uh, it was very uncomfortable just to have some lady randomly walk up, and start ripping your shirt off without saying a word. Yeah, it was. It was. I guess apparently it happens to him all the time. I don't know. I don't know. That's what I heard. Um, so they're they're braiding his beard. They start braiding Mark's beard. We're sitting there. Uh, we're having a great time. We're drinking coconut milk out of coconuts. We're having a great time. And the the lady gets done and she starts counting up Dean's braid. And we're like, why is he counting them? They start counting Mark's. And she's like, seventy five dollars. Yeah, some of you are like, what? <gasps> Close your mouth, flies will get in. Uh, and then they tell Mark, $75. And we're like, what is going on? You said five, no, $5 per strand. Oh, so they have been just been, sla- they're talking to him the whole time, just slamming braid after braid. They've never asked him a question. And you realize what's happening. They're scamming the tourists. That's what they're doing. Um, and so uh, they're, they start yelling at us. We're like, no, it was only $5. You, you misrepresented that. We had paid them for the massages. We get into this whole kind of argument back and forth uh, about what, what needs to be paid. They start threatening to call the cops on us. They start threatening to have us arrested for not paying and, and, and all this. And, and that, I mean, it's a stressful moment and Dean finally is like here here just take, take here's $80 just just keep change we don't want no trouble and and Mark's going I don't have $75 in cash and uh, and he's trying to pay them and I say no stop and put your money away you're not paying them another dime they're scamming us and I will not stand for this and for the next hour or so I the three of them step behind me and me who has not got my beard braided yet um, is warring for the ones that did and are being attacked and so I begin to argue with these ladies I never raised my voice I never cussed them out I didn't lose my cool I didn't do anything I need to repent of but I did battle for my boys And I began to argue with them and fight on their behalf and say, this is not right. You will not scam my friends. I will not allow this to happen. No, we will not pay you. No, we will not allow this to happen. And they're threatening the police. And so finally I said, let's go. We're going to leave right now. We're just going to walk away. I said, we're done. And the one lady's like, I didn't get paid. I'm like, well, you can give her half your money. You get 40, you get 40. Goodbye. Have a nice day. So we cross the street and the one lady's following us down the street and she's, please don't do it. You got to pay me. And and she's doing that. Well, what, what happened was during that encounter, one of the ladies called and she was speaking to somebody on the phone in Belize and they all speak English there. So all of a sudden she's speaking a different language and I knew that was the time to start moving. When she did that, I'm like, come on guys, we gotta go. I didn't say anything to them, I just said, we're leaving. Because I saw that and I got concerned about the tone on the phone. Uh, I may not understand every language, but I do have a supernatural antenna and translator that tells me that's not good, there is trouble, you need to leave. And so we get across the street, and then suddenly a van pulls up with three men. They get out of the truck, and they start talking to the ladies. And the ladies are pointing over there, and you can tell they're explaining what happened. So these three men can come deal with us. And the men are like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, let me just give you a little reenactment. It goes like this. Okay, all right. And stand up for me, Dean. This is what it looks like. It goes like this. They go, okay, and then they get back in their little van and they drive away. Somebody made a good decision today, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. I'm saved, but we're not soft at all. 
South side of heaven, baby. They took one look. They took one look in our. I like to think it was me, but I'm pretty sure. I'm pre- they saw they're like that little man is very serious right now. I'm pretty sure they took a look at that cowboy and said, "Nope." <laughs> so. So they get back in their van, and, and, and the lady is still getting upset. I said, you know what? Tell you what. I'm going to go get the police, and we will find out what the police say. And if the police say I need to pay you something, we will pay you every dime if the police say we owe you. So I went and found the police. It went on for like 30 minutes. Finally got the police down there. Then we're surrounded by nine police officers. Um, and, and the police at one point had gotten hostile. They're telling Ryan, back up, because he's filming. And he's like, I can film. And I'm like, this is not America. They don't have amendments. I'm not even sure if this is legal. I'm like, oh, this is bad. But I'm arguing with them. And and the lady finally says, like, look, there's not much we can do. And then a sergeant walks up and he says, tell me the story. So I tell him the story and I say, look at their beards. If you tell me they're not being, we're not being scammed, I will pay them and we'll move on. And he goes, the sergeant laughs and goes, ha, (laughs) it's not even that good of a braid. You're definitely getting scammed. And the other ladies, I'm like, would you pay 75 for that? And they're like, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. And so I'm like, okay, then. And so the sergeant says, what would you like to do? I said, I would like justice. And he goes, okay. Sticks the ladies in the pickup of the, the truck. Okay? Uh, he's, got a, he's got a pickup truck. He sticks them in the back seat of the police pickup truck. And then he says, hey, I need you guys to come down to the police station with us so we can try to resolve this. I don't have any seats for you. If you're okay with it, just ride in the back of the bed of the pickup truck to the police department. So the four of us climb into the bed of a pickup truck, and I'm like, clearly that's legal here. I, this, I'm a boy again. Yay. You remember when that was legal? Some of you remember sleeping in the back window of your mom's caddy. Do you remember that, right? The Oldsmobile had a big old back window, and you just laid up there like that was Okay. Now, if you don't have, like, the proper height booster chair for a 17-year-old, you get a ticket? Ridiculous. So we go to the police. So everyone on the cruise ship sees us in the back of this pickup truck, right? All these people see us. So this is how it starts. We saw you. They were hauling you into the police station. So they get us to the police station. We talk to the chief. We tell him the whole story, and he finally says, look, um... You gave him money. There was, they didn't steal any money from you. It's a civil issue, and there's not much we can do. So he looks, and he says, I can't make her give back the money you gave. I'm like, mm. I mean, that makes sense. It's the same as in our country. And it's like, mm. he goes, if she stole it, that's different, but you gave it to her. So now this is just a, I don't feel like I got my money's worth. It's a civil issue. And so he looks at the other one and says, but on the other hand, I can't make him give you any money for what you did. So he's like, you owe nothing, leave. And so the, we, we, we left, and we get out of there, and, and on the ride over there, the, the, the guys were in the pickup truck, and I said, guys, I said, I hope this doesn't ruin your whole experience in Belize. I hope this doesn't ruin the whole day. I hope we can recover from this, and I hope it, it doesn't ruin everything. And they looked at me and went, yeah, no, it's already ruined it. It's over. Like, I don't want to ever come back here again. My day's pretty much ruined. And they're all like, I just, I just want to go back to the ship. And uh, so we get out of the police station, and I'm like, look, look, let's go to the restaurant we were going to go to. We're going to get this conch soup. You ever seen conch shell? There's something that lives in it. They make soup out of it. Yeah, that's the thing. 
So we go to the restaurant that I've gone to a couple of times and order some conch soup. And he says, oh, I'm so sorry. We don't have any. I thought we were blessed because the police took us three quarters of the way to the restaurant. I'm like, it's right around the corner. Yay. Okay, like Falcor, the never-ending story. I've taken you most of the way. Okay, so, so the guy, so I'm like, oh, I only came for conch soup. We're going to leave. So he says, well, hold on. Let me check the kitchen. He goes down, comes back up and says, sir, it appears I've lied to you. We have one serving of conch soup left. Would you like that? And I'm like, yes. Thank you, Lord. You're in favor. They're turning this day around. It's going to be great. He goes down to get the conch soup, comes back up and says, sir, it appears I've lied to you again. <laughs> While I was up here telling you about it, someone came in and took your order of conch soup. And we're like, that's it. We just want to go back to the ship. So with our heads down, we're wandering. Now, when we were in the back, we're wandering back to the ship and we're making our way back to the ship. It has been a very stressful day and we're done. Uh, and there are moments in your life that are like that, where just something comes out of nowhere when it's supposed to be good, when everything on the horizon looks good. You're on vacation, right? We're in a beautiful truck. We're walking around with our coconut milk and our coconuts with straws, you know, and drinking. And we're like, yeah, this is great. And then it all just changes in a moment. And there are moments in your life that you don't see coming that come so quickly and everything shifts. And we're in the back of this pickup truck and I say to them, I said, look, I know this seems really bad now. I said, but I bet you this will be the story we remember. This will be the story we tell. And they're like, yeah, probably. It was hard in that moment to find hope. It was hard in that moment to see the joy, right? And there, there are moments in our life that I talked about a couple of weeks ago where we get to have joy, right? We, we get to have peace. We get to have love. And we say, oh, I don't need love. I get to have love. It's a gift. The Bible says it's a fruit of the Spirit. And a fruit is something we get to feast on. When the Bible says, I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemy, what do you think is on that table? The fruit of the Spirit is there. Love, joy, peace, patience. Ooh, you know what? Patience. I like the King James way of saying it. Long-suffering. Some of you are like, I don't like that at all. Why would you want long-suffering instead of patience? Because it's more indicative of the word itself and what it means. And so I said, this will be the moment we remember. And they're like, yeah. And in moments like that, you have to remember, I get to be kind, not I need to be kind. I get to be kind. It's a fruit. I get to have goodness. It's a fruit. I get to feed on it. Why would we say one fruit is rotten and the other ones taste good? Why is it we say patience? No, I don't want to pray for that. I don't want to eat that fruit that God has provided for me. We would call one fruit of God rancid, tasteless. I don't want that on my table. Maybe you not be, you know, some of you are picky eaters in the natural. You should not be picky eaters in the supernatural. You don't need to let that translate. And, and so I'm like, I don't know what you're doing, God. But then we got back on the boat and people started coming up and be like, you're the Belizean banditos. And suddenly the story seemed to get real, real good. We might have helped instigate that on the ferry as we were going back onto the boat because we, we applauded. We were trying to like get ourselves up a little bit and we had plotted uh, and sent our wives messages that said dot, 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 send. So it looked like a message was trying to come through. 
and then just said, so we got, uh, we've left the police station in time and we made it back to the cruise ship. Don't worry, we're fine. Send. And then when they replied, out of service. Mine managed to reply and I was like, long story, tell you later. Yes. So we felt much better. Obviously. <laughs> so, so that, here's the truth is that moment gave us a platform for the rest of the week. But Ryan had asked me a question. He, you know, we, I think we we're at the restaurant and he asked me, he goes, can I ask you something, pastor? He goes, what does it look like to love with the way that you were going at those ladies? Like, what does love look like? in the response to the way that I was handling them trying to take money and the fact I wasn't witnessing to them. And they were attacking us for being Christians, by the way. Like, it was constant. Um, and I just, never mind that. And he goes, what does love look like? Because here I am kind of battling these ladies. And he's wondering in the midst of that, how do we keep our love? And was what I doing loving? And I told him this. I said, my job is I'm your pastor. Another word for that is shepherd. I said, it is not loving for me to let the wolves bite my sheep. It is never loving for me to be kind to a wolf as it devours one of my flock. I said, my job as a shepherd is to protect you, to love you. And when a wolf comes to bite you, my job like David is to resist that which comes to devour you and to stand in between you and them. And the three of them got behind. Remember, I'm not the one with the beard, braided. The three of them got behind me and I was the voice that was saying, no, we will not have, you will not bite my sheep. What you need in life is for people to get around you that when the world comes at you will stand between you and the wolves and say, you will not bite them. They belong to me. And I refused and I said, that's what love looks like. Jesus stood up to the Pharisees trying to bite his people. Jesus stood up to the devil who came to destroy his people, seeking whom he would devour. And Jesus said, no, I've come to destroy the works of the evil one. You will not bite mine. See, in the Bible, most times when it talks about the wolf, it's talking about people. It's not talking about the devil in most cases sometimes. Most of the time, it's talking about those who would come and hurt God's flock. In John 10, it says this, the hired worker is not the shepherd. And the sheep are not his own. He sees the wolf coming and abandons the sheep and flees. Then the wolf snatches and scatters the sheep. The man is only a hired hand and does not care about the sheep. Did you hear that? It is not love to allow the wolf to devour your sheep. And it's not love to be a hired hand who flees when trouble is there. Well, hey, guys, I, I didn't get my beard braided. I mean, I, I, I didn't pay any of this money. I'm just going to step over here and let you guys handle it. See, I'm not a hireling. I'm your pastor. And when you're with me and someone comes against you, I'll be there with you. You don't fight alone when I'm there. See, we have to learn how to battle. We have to learn how to war correctly. I could show them all kinds of love, but, I, but love is not letting them take from my people. 
not letting them rob them and steal from them. That is never love. See, there's characteristics to a wolf. It doesn't care for your well-being. It just wants you to provide for it. Hear me here. There are going to be moments in your life that are stressful, that are pressing, that are tearing, that are anxious. There are moments that come in your life that cause you to have to rise up in faith, cause you to have to rise up in action, cause you to have to take action. But see, the wolf will always be the one that doesn't care about you, but just what you can provide for it. See, most people don't want to be a part of your process. They want to take advantage of your outcome. See, they didn't want to be fair. They wanted to take advantage of some Americans because those Americans' outcome is they have more money. So they're going to take from it. There are people that do not care about your process, do not care about your pain, do not care about your problem. They just care what you can provide. Those are not your people. You will find your people in the midst of a trial. Some of you resist trial and you don't have no people because you never walked through nothing to cause your people to rise up and say, I got you, boo. I'm here, I'm on your team, I'm on your side. So all you ever see is the people that want something from you, but you've never found the people that want to be there for you. You know where you'll never find that? Sunday morning church. Somebody needs to hear me. I come every week. Have you connected to your people yet? There needs to be a drawing and a connecting to people that will war with you. See, the rest of that week, after that moment, we got back on the ship and things turned around. And pretty soon by the end of the day, it was like, this was worth double. This is fun. We were having a great time. Mark, Mark, uh, Mark uh, he, he's an introvert, so he needs his alone time. So about 8 o'clock, he'd tap out every night. Um, and he, he's like, I'm going back to the room. I have peopled enough. He'd look at us and say, have I peopled enough? And we're like, mm, yeah. He's like, okay, I'm going to go to the room and be alone. <laughs> so we'd tickle his beard and send him to the room. Not wrong. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I told you I'm not even exaggerating any of this. So he, he'd go to the room and, and, and like he'd come back and he's like, how is it you know everyone on the ship? <laughs> People come up, big country, Pastor Brad, what's up? And he's like, how do you know everyone? Well, a lot happened after you went to bed. <laughs> we made a lot of friends. But we were on mission, and what happened was is I, I started to get antsy after that. I'm like, God, I need you to do something. I need, I need you to show up here. I need an opportunity to live out loud and be who I'm called to be, not just a Belizean bandito while I'm grateful. <laughs> Some people need to catch the fear of the Lord, not just the banditos. And we warn people. We're like, you don't know who you're messing with right now. You will give us another sandwich. I was like, I want two cheesecakes. We're the Belizean banditos, so they gave me two cheesecakes. Yes, you can get as much as you want, but that's not the point. <laughs> Here's the truth is after that, we began to walk in favor. Because we stood up, and I believe that when you stand up for what is righteous, I believe when you defend a brother, when you're willing to lay down your life for a friend, 
I believe that God blesses that moment. And so what we saw is after that, we really were truly blessed. We would have the, the manager from the restaurant just bring us extra food that wasn't even on the menu. The chef made us a meal for our table and our table alone that no one else got that was one of his specialty meals that wasn't on the menu, like for us. Yep. It was amazing. And they would just bring us extra stuff. And it was like, why are you doing that? They're like, we just love you. We're like, oh. Like, it was amazing to watch the favor of God happen. Why? Because big country says it all the time. He speaks it all the time. I'm the most blessed man in this church. And so we all started saying it. We're the most blessed people in this church. And sure enough, we were blessed. So, but we weren't content. We were praying for people. We were just living out loud, being who we are, normal stuff. But I said, God, would you do some more? So we put together a church service on the cruise. Because I've told you guys many times, you've asked me, would you ever go into a bar, Pastor Ren? Would you ever go into a bar? And I said, Psh, of course not. What kind of man do you think I am going to a bar? As soon as I step foot in a bar, it becomes a church. That's what kind of man I am. So I said, if I ever set foot in a bar, I turn it into a church. I did that once. One time I looked around, I'm like, oh, no, we're in a bar. Oh, I got to turn it into a church. So I prayed for everyone in that bar. And the bartender got blasted with the Holy Spirit, was shaken under the weight of God. And I'm like, yeah, that's how you know it's real right there. That's how you know it's real. It's powerful. So, so I decided, I'm like, we on this cruise ship. There's a lot of bars. We should probably turn this place into a church. So we did. So there was a Bible study that was happening in their little chapel, and they told me about it. Like 25 people were going. It was overpacked, and they didn't have any seats. And I'm like, you know what we should do? We should have a church service. And we're, not gonna, we're getting off the boat on Sunday, so let's do it on Saturday. So I went and asked the cruise director. I said, is there a room that we could use on Saturday to hold a church service? So they gave us the karaoke room. Where I may or may not have sung some Bon Jovi earlier that week. Don't judge me. It was good. <laughs> it was not living on a prayer, but it should have been. <laughs> He's still wrong. All right, so... You give love a bad name. Uh, <laughs> we watch that after service. Um, so, so I decided we're going to turn this room into a church. And they gave us the room. And they, let, they even let us have a microphone. So we went in there and we held church. Okay, And it was interdenominational. We had some Baptists in the room. And we had some other Baptists in the room. And we had some Catholics in the room. And we had some Pentecostals in the room. We had some non-denominations. So it was very interdenominational. I asked him, I said, now I'm, I'm a charismatic. I believe in the gifts. Is there anyone here that doesn't believe in healing and the gifts? And a couple of the Baptists raised their hands. And I'm like, okay, I'll try to be as interfaith as I can. I understand that. Recognize I am that. You guys can tough it through one service with a charismatic like me. And they laughed and said, we got thick skin. It's okay. And I said, you know, but we're going to have a good service. I said, but at the end, I am going to pray for people to get healed. And it's okay if you don't believe in it. And if they get healed, you'll have to deal with that and they're like that's fine I've said if no one gets healed you'd be like ha 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 see we're right and that's fine and they laughed and they're like that's fine with us and so God let us do this service and, and I uh, uh, these ladies that we met earlier they stood up and they did worship for us and they sang songs acapella uh, and then I preached a message and, and then we began to pray for people to get healed um, and so I got a little clip I want to show you of that church service that people just randomly showed up to on a cruise ship when they're on vacation. And instead of going to the bar, they came to the karaoke area and had a little bit of Jesus. So I just got a couple of highlights.
Do we have that? What was that? That is not church. Something has gone wrong. All right, there we go. So this man got completely healed. I'll tell his shoulder got completely healed when I prophesied over him about a financial problem he was having, and God healed him. So he's praying right there for a woman's foot to grow out. All right, who did I pray for? You have something wrong with What's going on with you? So, my shoulder. Your shoulder? Scar tissue in your shoulder? It's ended my body. And then, you know, I was running this week. You know, you run and then you move it. Yeah. So, what's it feel like? Like, normally when you move like that, what does it do? Oh, you can't. I can't. Sometimes. Okay. How's it feeling right now? Okay. Fire. All the way back in Jesus' name. Fire come. Shoulder work perfectly. All scar tissue go right now. Shoulder work perfectly for him and for me. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Move it around. I have a hurt shoulder. I felt fire. You feel the fire on your shoulder? My hand is like blazing hot. Touch his shoulder and tell me if it's not on fire. Put your hand up there. Feel it. Just felt like a heater. Up here. Feel it. Do you feel the heat? Am I am I making that up? Is he on fire? Like somebody forgot to turn the air conditioning on his body. His shoulder's on fire. Come on, how's it feel? It feels good. It feels good. So I did talk to them before. So they could be precious. Yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If anybody else needs healing in their body, closing up the service, I know there's a cruise ship that wants to do other things. This, this was fun. Come on. Amen. Amen. This is the best thing I've done in this room so far. Come on. Amen. Six people. Six people in that service got healed. Six people. A woman couldn't shut her hand past here. She couldn't wear a wedding ring because she jammed her finger falling downstairs. And so it was swollen, huge. She couldn't put a ring on. Prayed for her. Her hand completely closed. The swelling was completely gone. She could put a ring back on. Never met her. I looked at the Baptist as soon as that happened. I said, if you're offended by this, you're going to have to talk to her. She's the one saying she's healed. Don't come at me with that. I didn't say she was healed. So, so God healed the people in that service, and, and so I walked up to the sound man afterwards to thank him for getting us a mic. Uh, we just wanted to have access to the room, but he had a mic, and he was prepared for us, and he's like, I'm so sorry I didn't have, uh, you know, we, we didn't know ahead of time I would have put in things in, on, on the videos for you and everything, and, and, and I'm like, well, we just asked last minute. Thank you, and, and he was crying. And I'm like, what's, what's going on? He goes, well, when you prayed for people to get healed, my hand got healed the sound man on the cruise ship and he was crying he's like the pain's totally gone and he's crying um and so god touched people miraculously and but we weren't done yet so the last night of the cruise ship i'm, I'm gonna tell a i'm gonna tell a pg version g version let's go g version uh of this story uh but the last night me and ryan weren't tapped out yet we had a lot of friends that we made on the cruise ship we want to hang out with them for a little bit more and so we're hanging out at one of the last places that are open. It's two in the morning. He's talking to these two guys. Um, 
and sharing with them a little bit about what we do. So he's telling them I'm a pastor and different things in Pakistan and things that we do. And, and um, this girl, who I just met a few minutes before that, young 20s, um, she comes up to me and she's just chatting with me. And suddenly, suddenly, for no reason, we know the reason, for no reason, she just tells me, I'm, I, she doesn't know me. She, she, she got lots of people there she knows. And she just looks at me and says, I feel so shameful right now. She goes, I met one of the crew guys on a date and I hooked up with him. And there's kids in the room, so fill in the blanks. So she says, I feel ashamed. And uh, I'm, I'm going to say it because I said it. Uh, she, and she looks at me and she goes, she goes, oh, I feel really ashamed of myself for doing that. She goes, but it's, I mean, it's okay, right? It's okay. She's asking me if it's okay. It's okay though, right? What happens on a cruise ship stays on a cruise ship. And I said, oh no, ma'am. I said, no, what happens on a cruise ship comes back as gonna help her facifilitis. And she goes, no, no. And I'm like, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. She's like, why are you telling me? I'm like, I'm sure you're fine. I'm sure you're fine. Or it's going to happen for syphilitis. So, I'm, and she's like, ah, oh! she's all upset for a second. She calms down. And about 10 minutes later, she's like, I need to find a bathroom. And she wanders off to find a bathroom. And I don't ever see her for like 30 minutes. And finally, I need to find a bathroom. And I'm right across from this, the, the big giant theater. And I remember there's a bathroom on the way. And so I am like, I'll go find the bathroom. And when I do, I get all the way into the theater. I'm like, well, there wasn't a bathroom on this side. And I turn around to leave, and she yells out to me. She is sitting on the floor in this theater between the chairs on the floor. And she yells out to me. And I said, what are you doing in here? And she goes, just making a phone call and crying. And I said, why are you crying? She says, because you said I have herpes. I'm like, I would, oh. She says, I'm sad. I'm like, well, I got to fix this. So I go over there and I sit down next to her and I start to counsel her and just start sharing with her about how loved she is. Um, she doesn't know anything about me. And I'm just sharing with her that you are not your mistakes. That you might feel shame for what you did, but it is not your identity and you need to become who you're called to be, not this. This is not who you're intended to be. So let's let go of the shame, but let's move forward away from this stuff. And so I'm just kind of talking to her. And suddenly, the two guys that Ryan was talking to, they come bursting in the room in there. And they're like, what are you doing? You need to get to the room. It's her brother-in-law and her sister. We told your sister we'd keep you safe. Well, apparently, you didn't do a good enough job tonight. And so they're trying to get her to go to the room. And I'm like, guys, she's really upset. Can we just sit down? You guys sit down with us. Let's have a talk. And then you can take her back to the room. So I start talking to them all. And the one guy starts hugging me and thanking me and saying, man, he goes, um, so we're Christians. We love Jesus. But we're really broken people. You know, I, I can work with someone like that. I can work with someone who is a mess but believes in the message, but is not under a delusion that they got it together. We are Christians. We love Jesus, but we are really broken. Our family is very broken, and we need some help. Thank you for being here to help us tonight at 2 in the morning in an empty theater on a cruise ship while everyone else is partying. And the girl gets up. Her name is Bailey, and she's going to watch this later. You know why she's going to watch it later? Because she's at church right now.
and she gets up and we're going to go out. We're going to leave. And she says, you're good at this. You should be a pastor. So I responded, you think so? And she goes, yeah, really, you're really good at this. You should be a pastor. I said, well, that's very nice. Thank you. And she goes, no, seriously. And she goes, no, no, like seriously, have you ever considered becoming a pastor? And I said, I've thought about it. And she goes, oh. she's stomping her foot at me. She's like, oh, no, really, like you should become a pastor. And I said, you really think I'd be a good one? And she says, yes. And I said, okay, then I'll do it. And her brothers start laughing. They go, Bailey, he is a pastor. What is wrong with you, jerk? And I'm like, yeah, I get that a lot. Okay. So we exit out of the theater. <laughs> and as we're going out, the guy stops me again. He goes, Pastor, you know, he keeps hugging me, right? Because they're all drunk, right? I mentioned that. They're, they're, they're drunk. Like, she drunk. They pretty drunk. And they're like one of those when they're drunk, they just want to hug you 55 times. So he, everything good I say, he hugs me. <laughs> right? You guys amen me. You don't have to come up here and hug me. <laughs> Can you imagine? I just put one leg out, and every time you guys are like, that's a good word. You just hug my leg real quick, sit down. So, really, that's enough. That's enough. Sit down. <laughs> don't do that. Some, Chris always gets an idea. Pastor Chris is like, we're going to do that. <laughs> Can't make a joke. All right, so, so he stops me. He says, Pastor, before we leave, can you please, like, we're so broken. Our family's been through so much recently. And he says, will you please pray for us? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I will. So I start to pray for them. And I'm holding him up because the power of God hits him. So I'm holding him up. And then I pray for the other young man. And then I pray for Bailey. And they, one of them was sitting down on the wall. Bailey was standing. He was standing. And by the end of this prayer, all three of them are melted into the wall, huddled on top of each other in a dog pile, bawling and crying, like snot crying running down their face. I mean, snot crying. Because the power of God turned them into a ball of mush on the side of the wall. In the middle of a cruise ship at now three in the morning, with three drunk people getting hit with the power of God and they found out what wine was better that night. Did I mention when I was done praying, they were sober? They had sobered up. Pretty clear-minded at least. And I prayed for them and Bailey messaged me a couple days ago. And I can't read you the message because I love it when God impacts someone where I can't read the explicit, the explicit message that she sent me about how crazy this stuff is that happened to me that night when her testimony is colorful, mess, uh, colorful language, right? I'm like, ha ha, this is so good. So I can't repeat it in church, okay? But she basically sends me a message saying that that night has radically impacted her and is making her chase after God. And I said this to her, and she said this back to me. She says, what are the chances that on a cruise ship at 2 in the morning on the last night when I'm in shame that I would tell the only person in the room that was a pastor about my shame and that that man would be the only one that finds me in an empty theater while I'm crying in shame and a pastor finds me to come tell me that I am not my mistakes and that God still loves me and wants me to turn around? What are the chances that happens at 2 in the morning on a cruise ship? 
She goes, God found me on a cruise ship at the lowest moment. There's so much more to that story, but I don't have any time. But God did incredible stuff when you're simply just are always on mission and you're always willing to shepherd sheep who wolves are attacking. There has to be some of us willing to stand like David and war for people. See, here's the thing I want to get across to you in just a very couple quick brief minutes if you'll give me the time and then we're going to eat. Okay, but I want to say this. David battled Goliath, but later he warred with the Philistines. He fought Goliath alone. He warred against a nation with an army. He gathered mighty men of valor that he knew he would not flee, that would not flee when he faced wolves. See, there's too many of us that think that we should war alone. We look at David and Goliath and we say, that's fine. I'll take all my Goliaths all by myself. I'm big like David. David only fought one man alone. He never fought an army by himself. See, the one you have mistakenly believed the lie that you can take on Satan and his minions and his hordes and his armies all by yourself because you won one fight with one little guy. So yeah, you can battle by yourself, but when it comes to war, you need an army. See, the word warrior has a misunderstanding. Warrior doesn't mean war. Warrior indicates one person. An army indicates many. And there are too many of us that battle alone, that fight alone. And we wonder why we never see victory because we do not rise up to be shepherds that protect flocks. David understood he fought Goliath alone, one-on-one. But when there was an army, he gathered mighty men of valor. Do I have some mighty men of valor in my church? Do I have some mighty women of valor in my church? Men, the women are more valorous than you today. Contrary to their name, warriors don't win wars. They win fights. Armies win wars. Your ability to win depends on your ability to not fight alone. The Bible says this, take care of yourselves and all the flock which the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, has made you an overseer to shepherd the community of God which he obtained with the blood of his own. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you and not spare the flock. Even from among yourselves will arise men speaking perversions to draw the disciples away after themselves. It takes men and women of God that will defend the flock of God. We don't have enough people that look to their left and to their right. We're so worried about our own necks. We never see the bites of our brothers. We're so concerned with whether the wolf will get us, we stay sheep and never become shepherds that guard others. The Bible tells us to contend for our brothers and our sisters because we are so concerned with the adversities that we face ourselves, we never stop to actually see the adversity of others and we never stop to say, what can I do for the kingdom for these people? I'm always worried about my Goliath, my battle, my fight, and I never ever end up being somebody who draws an army that beats a nation, that sees a kingdom come. You don't see a kingdom come as a one-man army. The only way the kingdom comes is when we transition our mindset to be those that defend others. 
Those that are there for others in their moment of desperation, in their moment of failure, in their moment of hurt, in their moment of being taken advantage of. What we do in those moments will determine whether or not we are an army who wins wars or we just win a battle here and there, but never gain territory. Pastor Crystal said this morning, the kingdom of God is never still. It's either advancing into new territory or losing territory. Which one are you doing? Because stagnancy is not an option in the kingdom. Proverbs 17.7 says this, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. A brother is born for adversity. A friend will love you. A brother will fight when there's adversity with you. Iron sharpens iron is a brother, right? Brothers stand together. We are a kingdom of brothers and sisters that say, when you are at war, I'm at war. When the enemy comes for you, they come at me. And they'll have to go through me to get to you. I will not let you be bit. Adversity, impact, is felt by all men. Men will either become better or men will become bitter. You will either triumph over it or you'll be trampled under it. What you do with the adversity that comes against you will determine whether or not you walk into blessing or whether you walk out defeated. It's not the adversity. It's what you let it do with you. It'll either make you better or bitter. We had an adventure, and we let it make us better. We could have let it make us bitter. We had a blast, and we even got a name and a song. We let it change us and found triumph because we stayed together, because we stood for each other. There are some of you in here, you have been sheep too long, and you have grown accustomed to the shears of life coming at you all the time where you don't even recognize what's happening to you. There are some of you that need to rise up and start looking to your left and to your right and finding brothers and sisters that you can come together with and shepherd them. And they can shepherd you. There are times of adversity where brothers shepherd each other. Let me say this to you. 2 Corinthians 1.4 says this. Who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction? with the comfort with only which we ourselves are comforted by God, who comforts us in all our affliction. There is affliction that happens to us, but the next part, the, God comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are also afflicted. There is a mandate of God that says, when I comfort you in your affliction, you comfort them. Pass it on. It's the kingdom. And so we start to look to our left and our right and defend our brothers and sisters. Be there for them and come together. You will not find brothers to comfort if all you do is come in on Sunday and listen to me preach. If you come in when I preach, you leave when I preach, you'll be alone. And you may be able to take on the Goliath. Listen to me. I'm not getting on to you. This is not a show up more on Sunday message. You may be able to take on the Goliaths. But my message will get you through the Goliaths. But it's the people on the left and right that you've never connected to that are there to win the war for you. Yeah. That's why I have a leadership mandate. 
to grow up leaders in my church. And I don't believe in Sunday-only leadership. Sunday-only servants can never be shepherds. You can never protect the sheep from wolves if you're only on shift on Sunday. Leaders show up where you are to feed the flock where they are. We are not hirelings here at this church. Our leaders are not hirelings. And I just want you to get this. The reason why we show up the rest of the week, the reason why we're here for all the other services and opportunities is not because my leaders desperately need a word. It's because you desperately need to connect. And if you only show up on Sunday and you don't make that connection, there are going to be moments where you are pressed. There's going to be moments of affliction in your life where there is no one to war with you. You have no men of valor. You have no one to partner with. And there are going to be moments because the Bible tells us the fruit of God is a long suffering. Someone say long suffering. Oh, we don't like that. We want short suffering. Most of us say, I'm okay with a little suffering, just not long suffering. Right? What's the word long supposed to mean anyways? Well, Jesus said he was coming back soon. Long suffering. But I heard the Holy Spirit say this to me this morning. Long suffering produces longevity. Long suffering produces longevity. There's some of us that do not have the cardio to go the distance because we have never gone through the suffering it takes to press through that stuff. We want to avoid the suffering instead of realizing some of that's meant to grow us. Not everything. The enemy doesn't get to make us suffer. But if we will learn to press in with others, that God has removed our affliction so we would remove others. If we would partner with other people, if we connect to other people, you will find when your life is falling apart. How many times in this church have I actually made this statement? When your life is falling apart at 2 a.m. in the morning, my sermon will not be there for you. How many years have I said that exact phrase? And when that girl's life was falling apart at 2 a.m. in the morning, she did not look me up on YouTube to listen to a sermon. I was sitting beside her. You need someone that will sit beside you. Rally your troops. Get your tribe. Connect to people. Four of us went on a cruise to have some fun because we were connected. And we did kingdom work because of it. If you ask them what their favorite part of the cruise is, they'll tell you the church service probably. We want to pray for you. Send us a message with your prayer requests through Facebook or email and let us know how we can pray for you today. Also, let us know how this message impacted your life. I love you. God loves you. Shalom.